Well, good morning. Everybody still doing good? Man, we're excited you're here. We're excited about those that are watching online right now. Glad that you have tuned in. And tonight, if you serve on any team, I know you heard a lot of this, but we're excited about tonight. If you serve on any team uh, in our church, whether it be production, worship, kids, host, uh, cafe, prayer, any team that you serve on, tonight is for you. And so it's our team party. We have one of these every quarter where we gather together and we just celebrate what God has done. We celebrate you and everything that you do to uh, be a part and make what happens here happen. And so dinner is provided, child care is provided, and so come tonight at 5.30, and uh, we're going to have some fun together, be giving away some stuff, and so we want you to be here if you serve on a team. Even if you just recently uh, started serving, come tonight. If, if you've served one week, come tonight. We want you here uh, at 5.30 so we can uh, celebrate with you and have a good time together. And excited also, Mother's Day. Come on, anybody excited about Mother's Day? One person's excited about Mother's Day. I don't know. I don't know whether to be. It's a good thing I'm not a mom. I I don't know if I would be offended right now or what. Uh, Mother's Day next weekend. Uh, we're gonna have uh, some special elements and uh, be giving away some stuff. So every every uh, lady that's here next weekend is gonna be entered in to win some some pretty cool stuff. And so you want to be here for that. And then also graduation Sunday. Uh, for those of you that are seniors, be sure and stop in the lobby on your way out today and sign up so that we can be prepared for you two weeks from today uh, as we celebrate you and we want to be able to give you a gift and an encouragement. And last weekend, if you were here, we started a series that we are calling Five Years From Now. And for the next few weeks, we're, we're basically talking about this idea of looking into the future and last week we, we said it's, it's, it's easy to look into the future and think about where you want to be in five years, but it's also uh, easy to look at the last five years and see everything. Maybe five years ago you had some goals and some things you wanted to accomplish, and you look back now and you're like, wow, I thought we would have done that. I thought we'd be in a different place. I thought we would have been out of debt. I thought we would have had a new house. I thought all of these things. And uh, last weekend we said, but what we're focusing on in this series is looking at the next five years the most important thing that you can do and that I can do is keep Jesus at the center of the next five years of your life. Amen. And so we said these two questions are probably the most important questions that we could ask. Uh, will my life reflect more of Jesus? And what in my life right now doesn't reflect Jesus? Over the next five years of your life, is your life going to reflect more of Jesus? And one of the ways that you can get to that place is by looking at your life now and asking the question right now, does my life have something going on in it? Is there something in my life that does not reflect Jesus right now? And so we're, we're, we're thinking about those two questions as we go through this series. And last week we talked on the subject, keep the change, if you were here. If you weren't here, I encourage you to go back on the podcast or on the live stream and watch that or listen to it. I believe it will help you. And it'll also, uh, we're kind of building in this series, and so make sure even after today, if you haven't listened to that, go back and listen to last week's message. But these are the three things that we said last week, that you were meant to be set apart. You were meant to be set apart. When you gave your life to Jesus, God set you apart for a special purpose. And a lot of times we're snatching and doing our own thing and not fulfilling the purpose and the thing that we've been set apart to do. So we, we wanted you to know that, that you're meant to be set apart. The second thing was that God wants to develop you. 
God wants to develop you. That, that salvation is not the end, it's the beginning. When you give your life to Jesus, uh, it's, it's the beginning of a process that, that God wants to take you on. And then the last thing was that you have to allow your life to be changed. So you have a choice. You give your life to Jesus and you're saved. It's not the end, it's the beginning. But from that point forward, you have to allow, God's not going to force himself on you. You have to allow your life to be changed. You have to allow God to start working some things out in you. And we looked at different scriptures, and I encourage you to go back, uh, like I said, and check out the message from last week if you haven't done that already. And this week, as we continue our series, I want to talk to you on this subject if you're taking notes. And you can get the notes. I know I said this last week, but maybe this is your first time here on the Bible app. You can uh, get all of our notes on there. You can take notes in the Bible app and save those and always have them uh, if you prefer that. I like technology, and so... Uh, that's one thing that I do when we go to conferences and everything. I like the technology side of it. But this week, I want to talk to you on this subject. I've titled this message, A Better View. A Better View. Somebody say, A Better View. And I was thinking about uh, this this topic and kind of where we're going today. And I wonder if you've ever been on vacation or you've been looking for a home to buy, or you were going to build somewhere, and what do we, what do we, or you watch HGTV, come on, if you've never done any of those things, and you just watch HGTV like, like 99% of America does, and then we, uh, we think that our house sucks, because we see all these houses on here, and we're like, oh, okay, that, I want that house, but, uh, if you've ever, you've ever been looking for a house or watched it on TV or been on vacation and you think to yourself, man, I, I really like this view, right? What are people looking for? You know, you want to be able to walk out your back door and sit and have a view. You want to go on vacation. I know we've done this when we've stayed, you know, on a lake or something like that. And you, you walk out and, and, and we even Instagram this, don't we? We'll walk out. Come on, if you get now, you don't Instagram it if you don't like where you're staying. <laughs> That's a whole nother message. But if you like it and you walk out and you're like, oh, look at this view, you know, and, and we'll Instagram it and we're like, hashtag my view for the next seven days or whatever you put on, on your post because we like the view. We like the view, right? We're, we're all about the view. And another thing I was thinking about, and we all need to participate, I need everybody to participate on this one, okay, because everybody just needs to participate. Have you ever encountered a, a Christian that, let me see how I word this, because I don't want to offend anybody today. Uh, we'll just say it this way. Have you ever, have you ever uh, encountered or ran into a Christian that you didn't like? Everybody participate. Everybody participate. Everybody participate. You ran into a Christian, and you were like, I want nothing to do with church. I don't want nothing to do with Christians. I don't want anything to do with people. Nothing like that, right? Now, everybody put your hand back up. Put your hand back up if that's you, if that's you. Now, everybody look around the room. <laughs> everybody has encountered a Christian that you didn't like. Somebody that said they were following Jesus and you really didn't, you know, like, I don't know what it was for you. Maybe you ran into a Christian that was rude to you at some point, you know, and it's, <laughs> you run into people and they invite you to church and then they're, or they're rude and then they invite you to church, you know, they're rude to you or they cut you off in traffic and they're like, here's an invite card, you know, come to church. And you're like, I don't know if I, <laughs> I don't know if I want that, right? Or, or a Christian who maybe, you know, cussed you out or something like that. I can remember, I can remember times around Christmas, um, and I was in Walmart on Christmas Eve. Don't ever go into Walmart on Christmas Eve, by the way. And people are just mean. 
And you'll see people you know, and it's like, you are mean <laughs> right now. I don't know. It's like, woo, tis the season to be jolly. Not really, because everybody is rude. You're walking into the stores, and everybody is rude. Um, maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe you're driving down the road, and you know somebody gave you the, the symbol for go to heaven uh, while you're driving down the highway as they cut you off or as you cut them off. I don't know. Or maybe you've, maybe you've, uh, maybe you've encountered somebody who gossiped about you, or maybe somebody who was gossiping to you about somebody else. And you're like, aren't, like, don't you, aren't you a believer? Aren't you a Christian? Like, don't you call yourself, don't you go to church? Don't you, don't you say that you follow Jesus? I think a lot of times we encounter uh, people who say they're following Jesus, and sometimes it makes us wonder what Jesus they're actually following. Are you with me? And I, and I think this is a danger in our, in our culture right now. That people are, I heard it said this way one time, that, that sometimes you're the only Bible that people will read. And so the way that you live your life actually matters. Especially if you're claiming to follow Jesus, if you're claiming to be a Christian, if you're, you know, if you're at the restaurant and you're leaving an invite card for the waitress, but you were just rude the whole time that the waitress was waiting on you. You know, the, these, things, these things matter. It matters in reaching people for Jesus. And, and I... As I was preparing this, I read this quote, and I'm not sure how to exactly pronounce this guy's name. Maybe it's Mahatma Gandhi that struck me. This, this quote struck me really hard, and this is, this is what he said. He said, I like your Christ. I do not like your Christians. Your Christians are unlike your Christ. Now, I don't know if you've ever known this before, but do you know what Christian actually means? <laughs> Christ like and here's somebody that's saying you know what i love like i like your jesus i just don't like the people that say they're following him because the people that say they're following him don't reflect what i see in jesus and i think this is a danger in our lives see here's here's what i think i don't think people reject jesus i don't think anybody will ever reject a god who loves them unconditionally will not hold their past against them, wants them to, to give him their life so that he can give them life to the full and, and, and they can experience life the way it was. I don't think anybody, whenever you really stop and think about what God wants for you, I don't think anybody really rejects that. I think what people reject and what maybe you at some point in your life have even rejected is the view that people have given you of Jesus. It's the perspective that you encountered some people or you went somewhere one time and you got a bad taste in your mouth and thought, I don't want anything to do with that. Can I just tell you, can I help you today and, and just apologize on behalf of every person that will never apologize to you for what they did? That that's not what God looks like. That's not what Jesus looks like. That's not, that's not what, what following Jesus looks like. And so I want to I talk about it today because I think it's, a, I think it's, a, it's an issue in our culture. Um, people reject the view that we give them of Jesus. They're not really rejecting Jesus a lot of times. And so if this statement is true, then the question becomes, what do we do about it? What do we do about it? If this is, if this is reality, and there are some of us, maybe even in this room today, that our lives really aren't reflecting the, the faith that we claim to have or the, the Jesus that we claim to follow, then what do we do about it? What, what can we do? And I want us to look at something that Paul wrote to the Philippians, and just three verses, and then uh, we're going to talk about it. 
for just a moment, but this is what he said in Philippians chapter 2, verses 14 through 16. He says, do everything without complaining and arguing. We could stop right there. <laughs> How are you doing with that one? <laughs> do everything. Oh, by the way, do everything without complaining and without arguing. <laughs> we could leave right now. We've got, you know, the next seven days we can work on those two things right there. Doing everything without complaining and arguing. So that no one can criticize you. Live clean, innocent lives as children of God, shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people. Hold firmly to the word of life. Then on the day of Christ's return, I will be proud that I did not run the race in vain and that my work was not useless. As I read this, there was a question that came to mind. If we were to go around the room today, and we're not going to, so relax, you know, like, <laughs> quit, you know, you don't have to sweat right now or anything. We're not going to call you out. But if we were to go around the room today and ask you some questions, if we were able to sit down one-on-one, -on -one, myself included, and ask some questions, and I'm going to go through some of these questions just for you to think about, in light of these three verses that we just read, what would your response be if you were if you if you had no choice but to be honest about where you're at in your life with these questions? What would your response be? Here's here's some of them that that I jotted down. Do you do you do everything on your job without arguing? Do you do I mean the do everything without complaining and arguing? Do you do you work without arguing complaining? Do you serve without complaining? At whatever you're doing? Would someone be able to criticize your life if you told them that you were a Christian? Would they be able to, to, to start picking? Now, I'm not talking about some people are just going to pick you apart no matter what. I'm not talking about those people. Okay? But, but would somebody, if we were to sit down together, would you be able to look into my life and, and see, like, man, there's some things that just aren't, they're just not lining up. You know, it just doesn't make sense. Would I be able to look in your life and say, man, there's some things like I just, I, I, don't, I don't know if this is right. Do you, do you live a, a clean and innocent life at home? Do people in your life know that you're living for Jesus? Not by you telling them. If you never told somebody that you were a Christian, would they know? If you never said it with your mouth that, that I'm a believer, I'm a Jesus follower, I'm a Christian, would people around you know? Would your spouse know? Would your kids know? <laughs> it's awfully quiet in church today. And I know I'm, and I told you last week, I know I'm kind of up in your business, but this is, man, I mean this from a loving place in my heart. And I'm preaching to myself too because God has been really dealing with me and challenging me on on really growing and going deeper and really really not just not just saying things but actually doing things not just saying that I'm going to pray for you but actually praying for you not just saying well I hope it all works out for you but actually helping you not not just saying that I'm following Jesus, but actually living a life that looks like I'm following Jesus. And I'm and, and I know that God and and I know that God's been working on this in me and wants me to communicate these things to you. So this is coming from a, a place of God's dealing with me on these things. 
and I believe God wants to help our church in this area and in these with these things. But but we really need to stop and ask ourselves these questions. And and really start getting to the bottom of what does my life look like? What does my life look like? Do you do you stand out in this world? You know it says that we're to shine like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people. Do you do you stand out in this world by the way that you live for Jesus? Do you stand out? And the reality is that for most of us, these these questions can really become some sobering questions when we really stop and we think about it. And if you were to take these and even write these down and say, I need to ask myself these questions every day or, or once a week and just kind of reflect on what my life looks like. So today I want to give you I want to give you three things um, as we talk about the way that we live our lives. And this whole series is based on this 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 idea of sanctification. And I know we kind of broke that down. And and if you're curious as to what that actually means, you can go back and listen to the message last week. And we kind of really simplified what sanctification really is. And, but it's something that God desires for you. It's something that God wants for you. Not for you to just get saved, but for something to actually change. And the reason he wants to change some things in you is so that he can use you. It's so that he can use you to reach other. It's so that your life can reflect him so that people around you will think, I want, I don't know what that is, but I want whatever they have. I don't know what it is. They really haven't even talked to me about what that is in their life, but I want what they have. And God desires that for our lives. And so I want to talk about three things. As we go through the rest of the message today, uh, here's number one, if you're taking notes. You have been given new life. You have, if, you have, if, if you have received Jesus, if you've received forgiveness, if you have prayed that prayer, if you have given your life to Jesus, you have been given new life. New. New. Not the same. New. New life. When you gave your life to Jesus, all of the old was gone. And you were made new. And here's how we know this. In 2 Corinthians 5.17, many of you know this verse. It says, if anyone belongs to Christ, there is a new creation. The old things, come on, this is good news for somebody today. The old things have gone. Everything is made new. Everything, the old, the old has gone away. And everything is made new. And, and, and God even tells us that whenever he forgives you, he doesn't remember it. That he casts it into the sea of forgetfulness, if you've read this before in the word. So, so the reason that you're remembering some of the things that you've done is not because God's trying to make you feel guilty about them. It's either you just are having trouble forgetting or even forgiving yourself, which that's another message for a whole other time. Forgiving yourself for maybe what you've done. Or it's the enemy that's bringing up the thing. Ah, oh, you remember. You can't do that for God. You remember what you, you remember how you used to live. You remember what you did last night. Like, I don't even know why you're, this is what the enemy will do. This is what the devil will do. I don't even know why you're going to church today. <laughs> you know what you just did? I don't even know why you're going to church today. That's the way the enemy works. That's not, that's not God. That's the enemy. But what, what 2 Corinthians says is that whenever you give your life to Jesus, the old is gone and the new has come. Now, does this mean that your old lifestyle and your old habits don't exist anymore? No. We know that to be true. If you've been saved for five minutes, you know that there's, some st there's still some sinful desire. that, that God, That's part of what God wants to work out in your life. 
are the things that you, you used to do, the things that, that now you think, man, I probably shouldn't do that. I probably should, should make a change here. I probably should do this and stop doing that and start doing this or, or you know, whatever it is in your life. I don't know what that looks like for you. But that's the process that God's wanting to take you on. But the first thing you've got to understand is that when you gave your life to Jesus, you're new. If you could picture a dry erase board, you give your life to Jesus and he erases everything off the board. Now, some of us go around and we start writing things back on the board like, oh, yeah, oh man, I remember that. and Oh, what about that? But that's not God. That's not God. You've, you've been made new. You've been given new life. This is even a, a big part of our vision here at Impact Church is, is we've, maybe you've seen it in the, in the lobby or you've been through Next Steps or, or whatever it is, but we want people to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make an impact. We want you to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make an impact. It's that simple. It's a journey that, that God wants to take you on. But a big part of that is knowing God. It's knowing God. We want people to experience that, hey, you can be made new. That you don't have to, you don't have to feel condemned and you don't have to stay bound and in bondage to the things that, 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 that you're feeling guilty about or the things, the sin in your life. That, that you can be made new. This is also what baptism represents. And we've got another made new weekend coming up in, I believe, like four or five weeks where we're going to have opportunity for people that have given their life to Jesus to be baptized. This is what baptism, rep baptism represents. It's when you go into the water and you come back out of the water, it's that the old is gone and you've been, you've been made new. That's what you're telling people. Like, man, I gave my life to Jesus and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to follow Jesus in, in obedience and I'm going to be baptized. And it's just an outward expression that says, man, when I go into this water, I'm telling you that... All the old is gone, and now the new has come. And my life's not going to be the same. That's what baptism is. But we've got to understand this idea that, that this truth, really, that when you gave your life to Jesus, you were made new. And so since we've been given a new life, here's point number two. Your behavior should reflect your new life. This is, this is the one that many of us don't like. Your behavior, so you've been given new, the old is gone, the new has come. Now, is it going to happen overnight? No, sanctification is a process. We talked about this last week. It's a process you're going to be on for the rest of your life until Jesus comes back. But because you've been given new life, now your behavior should reflect your new life. What you do should reflect who you are. We could say it this way, that our behavior doesn't give us salvation, but it should reflect our salvation. You can't behave your way into, into getting saved. But after you get saved, now your behavior should reflect the fact that you've been saved. The fact that you have new life. Your behavior should reflect your new life. Paul says that we have been set aside like we talked about last week. We've been saved. We've been given new life. And so it's time to put off the old ways and put on the new ways. Some of us are going around. I was thinking about my five-year-old son. Some of us are going around trying to put on last summer's clothes that don't fit anymore. Some of us, the other day, we, we told him, hey, go get dressed for the day when he got up in the morning. And he went and put on shorts and a long sleeve shirt. <laughs> now, we let him wear it because, you know, he's five. 
But some of us are going around trying to wear things that, that, we, that we don't, we're not meant to wear anymore. That all of that is gone and you're still trying to wear it and you're still feeling condemned. And you're, Listen, if you've given your life to Jesus, if you receive forgiveness, you're forgiven. You're forgiven. And now our behavior should reflect the fact that, hey, I've been forgiven. I've been made new. I have new life. The gospel isn't just about where we spend eternity after we die. It's about how we live this life for the God we will spend eternity with. It's not about, it's not about hey, you got saved, awesome. Yes, that's the most important decision you can make in your life because now God has saved you and you're going to be in heaven with him one day. But this life is about living for the God that you're going to spend eternity with one day. And our actions, our behaviors, our lifestyle should reflect the fact that we're following Jesus. And as we allow our lives to be changed by Jesus, the way that we live will begin to reflect the values of Jesus, the virtues of Jesus, the way we, we, we start to become more like Jesus. And I'm not, I, I had this thought, and I'm not picking on anybody today if this has been you that has told me this, because I, I know, that, I know that, uh, that people are joking with me all the time when they say this, but... Uh, I'll have people come up to me, they're like, man, I know, you know, we sell Impact Church bumpers, not the window decals at the store, and, and I'm not getting one of those window decals because I want people to know where I go to church throughout the week when I'm driving. <laughs> and I know they're joking. I know they're joking, and they're just making light of it. And it's not just one person, it's been multiple people, and I know we're just, we're having a good time. But, but here's what I would submit to you, that as you go through your week, you're reflecting somebody way more important than Impact Church. And, and whether or not you put a, a decal on your window or whatever, you're, it's, not about, it's not about you reflecting this church. It's the fact that your life is reflecting Jesus. And that's way more important than what, you're, you know, what people think about. Like, oh, they cut me off in traffic. Oh, oh, they go to that impact church. You know, oh, that's what they do, right? You know, and people start talking about your church that way. You just need to ask them, have you been? <laughs> have you been? It's, life is about more than just what you're reflecting on the church you go to. Your life is meant to be a reflection of Jesus, the person that, that we say we're living for. So how do we get to the place where our behavior reflects the new life Jesus gave us? Are y'all with me today? I know y'all are being awfully quiet, and I know I'm all up in your business again. But here's, here's the third point, and we'll end with this. How do we get there? Don't act, become. Don't act, become. How do you get to where your, your behavior reflects the new life that you've been given? Don't act, become. I want you to, to take a look at this, about 45 seconds of this, this video clip really quick. In today's breathing space, the courage of a brand new baby bird when it's time to take those first steps out of the nest. 50 feet in the air, wings untested. Instinct tells them it's time to go. 
The miracle is they listen. Each one trusts the call and jumps into the unknown. A whole new life waits for them beyond the cushion of leaves. It's our lesson. I think I muted myself. This video, the first few moments that we just watched, shows when this baby bird is, the mom is almost like this encouraging, you know, like, okay, it's time to get out of the nest. <laughs> it's time, if you were here a few weeks ago, I think it was the week before Easter, uh, Dave Goff was here and he preached a message called Stirring the Nest. And I think this is what, I think this is what God has sent me here to do in this series is to kind of give you a little, <laughs> you know, it's time <laughs> to get out <laughs> of the nest, right? But it's this picture of if, 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 if those baby birds always stay in the nest, they never, they never do what they were meant to do. And is it going to take faith? Is it going to take discipline? Is it going to take all of these things, you know, maybe stepping into something that you're not that familiar with? Yeah, probably. But I think this is where God is wanting to take us through this series, and we're not finished yet. We've still got a couple more weeks, but I think this is where God is wanting to take us in this series is just kind of this little, he's nudging us, saying, hey, it's time, like, it's time for the next thing. It's time for the next step. It's time for, for, for you to get out of the nest. And let me ask you, this question, is the bird still a bird even if it hasn't flown yet? Yeah, it's still a bird. The baby bird is learning to fly. And it has to be intentional to continue learning how to fly. It doesn't mean it's not a bird. It just means that it hasn't learned how to fly yet. Can I just encourage you today? It doesn't mean that you're not a believer. It doesn't mean that you're not following Jesus. It doesn't mean that you're not saved or that you're not a Christian. It just means that, that you have to be intentional in your life to begin to learn how to fly. Just because you haven't flown yet doesn't mean that you're, that, that, that you're not a Christian. You have to begin to learn how to fly. Here's Paul said in verse 15 of what we read earlier, he said that we are children of God. We're Christians, which means that we are learning to become more like Jesus. We're learning to become more like Jesus. We could say it this way. We aren't people trying to act like Christians. We are, we are people becoming more like Jesus. There's a difference. <laughs> There's a difference in being a person that's trying to act like a Christian and being a person that is becoming more like Jesus. That's why, that's why this whole point is don't act become. Don't try to act like a Christian. Become more like Jesus. Don't try to act like you're following Jesus. Become more like Jesus. And the actions and the behavior will come along with it. Whenever you decide that, hey, I'm going to begin to become more like Jesus, what's the difference? Acting is pretending. What do people do? We watch movies all the time. They're pretending to be that character. They're pretending to be that person. How many of you have ever known somebody that was acting like that, like they were a Christian or whatever, and then something came out of them, and you were like, oh.
where did that come from, you know? <laughs> it's, it's a process. It's not about acting like a Christian. It's about becoming like Jesus. When you become, are you going to mess up? Yes. Are you going to be perfect? No. Nobody's going to be perfect. That's why this is a process from now until the day you die or until the day that Jesus comes back. It's a process. But we can't, we can't focus so much on acting like a Christian as we do becoming like Jesus. Colossians 3, verses 8 through 10, it says it this way. But now is the time to get rid of anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander, and dirty language. Don't lie to each other, for you have stripped off your old sinful nature and all its wicked deeds. Put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. You've stripped all of the, the old is gone, the new has come. So now it's time to learn more about God and how we can become more like Jesus. It's about becoming more like Jesus. This idea of sanctification. This process of sanctification, it changes our way of life and it changes our behaviors, which then changes how we treat the world around us, which then changes how the world views the faith in Jesus that we claim to have. It gives them a better view. When you become more like Jesus and you go on this process and Jesus begins to change some things in you, now it changes the way that you see and the way that you view and the way that you handle the world. And now because it's changed that in you, now it changes the way that people see Jesus. Now it changes the way that people see the faith that you claim to have. Now it changes the way that, that people view God. It gives them a better view. But it starts with, it starts with you realizing I, I have new life. My behavior needs to reflect my new life. And how do I get there? I don't need to try to act. I just need to become like Jesus. I need to start becoming more like Jesus every day. And you're not going to have it figured out in a week or even in five years. But it's a process of every day I'm going to become more like Jesus today. I'm going to become more like Jesus today. I believe the world doesn't want to reject Jesus. They just need a better view. Just need a better view. I want to bring the worship team back. As we end today, I want to read you something that I read this last week as I was studying and preparing for this. And it's, it's reflecting back on World War I. And it says this, the writer says, that most people don't think of World War I as a religious war. But historian Philip Jenkins reminds us that religion played a very important role in mobilizing men for war. The war was effectively a civil war among Christians. Whether the Russians were denouncing Germany's Kaiser Wilhelm as the Antichrist or German writers equated Britain with the great whore of Babylon described in Revelation, those professing Christianity behaved in a way that did not reflect the Jesus they proclaimed. From slavery, wars, abuse scandals, and rivalries, Christians have a checkered track record of too often being those that live as enemies of the cross of Christ, as mentioned in Philippians 3.18. Too often, will you stand to your feet today as we end? Too often, our actions and behaviors don't line up with who we say we are. The way that we're living our lives doesn't always line up with who we say we are. The view that people get of Jesus from our life doesn't always line up with what we say 
we believe. But the only way to change that, the only way to get better, the only way to give the people that you work with a better view, the only way to give your spouse a better view, the only way to give your kids a better view, the only way to give the people that you hang out with a better view, the only way to give the people that you're in relationship with a better view, the people that are all around you that are in your circle of influence, the only way to give them a better view is to understand that you have new life, your behavior now needs to reflect your new life, and the only way you can get there is not by acting like it, but by becoming more like Jesus. The only way that you're going to give people a better view is when you make the decision, I'm not going to try to act like I've got it all together. I'm just going to take a step every day and become more like Jesus. Monday, I'm going to become more like Jesus. Tuesday, I'm going to become more like Jesus. Wednesday, I'm going to become more like Jesus. Thursday, I'm going to be more like Jesus. Friday, Saturday, I'm going to become more like Jesus. Sunday, I'm going to become more like Jesus. Every day when I wake up, I'm going to become more like Jesus. And you watch what happens in your life and in the lives of the people around you whenever you make the decision to become more like Jesus become more like Jesus. When Jesus was walking the earth, people were just drawn to him. The people that didn't like Jesus were the ones that were jealous. They were the ones that said, you know, we have this thing figured out, and I don't know who this guy is that's trying to tell us how it's really supposed to go. And so what we should do is we should figure out a way that we can kill him. And they went all throughout the Gospels. You read about how they're trying to trap Jesus here, and and Jesus, you know, he would quote Scripture, and they're like, oh, you know. Man, we can't do it now. And then finally it got to the point to where they did crucify him. They did kill him. And we know, as we celebrated a couple weeks ago, he rose from the dead three days later. And that's why we're able to be here today. But the only way, Jesus was just... Jesus was just doing what Jesus did. He was just reflecting the Father to the people that were on earth at that time. And then all these people wrote about it and wrote it down. And it's been documented. And for thousands of years it's been preserved. And now we have it in what we call the Bible. Written by these people that actually walked with Jesus. Were a part of the very first church that started after Jesus went back to heaven. And listen, the only way, the only way Jesus started something... 2,000 years ago and it's the only way that you can the only way that you can give people a better view of who he is is you've got to become more like him you've got to become more like him not trying to act like it but actually becoming more like Jesus so can I challenge you today before we pray and before we sing let's remember that we have a new life in Jesus let's behave in a way that reflects well on Jesus. And let's not try to act like a Christian, but actually become more like Jesus so the people around us can have a better view of who he actually is. Can we become, as a church, can we become more like Jesus? Can we all get up tomorrow and decide, I'm going to become more like Jesus today? I'm telling you, that's how we're going to change a city. That's how we're going to change a community. That's how we're going to change a state. That's how you're going to change the world. It's by becoming more like Jesus. So God, today, we thank you for this moment, God, for you challenging us in last week's message and even today, Lord, that we're, we're to become more like 
you. Not to just try to act differently, but to actually become more like you so that people around us can actually see who Jesus really is. And so their lives can be changed like our life has been changed. I want to bring our prayer team down today. We're going to sing this final song. And, and here's what I want to do. Here's what I want to do before we sing. Because when they begin to sing, if you need prayer for anything in your life, you can come down, just slip out of your seat, come down for prayer. We want to pray for you. Could be what we're talking about today. Could be anything in your life. It doesn't matter what it is. You don't have to go here all the time. This could be your first time here. This could be your third time here. This could be, you've been here for two years. doesn't matter who you are. If you need prayer for anything in your life, we want to pray with you. But here's what I want to do. I want us to acknowledge today and I believe there's something that, that happens whenever we acknowledge before others a decision and a commitment that we're making. And so here's what I want to do. Just by, all, all, I, all I want you to do is my hand is going up first. But if you're here today and you say, what, you know what, starting today, every single day, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make the decision. I'm going to become more like Jesus. Come on, will you just throw your hand up in the air? If this was for you today, I need to become more like Jesus. God, you see every hand that is raised in the air right now. God, I pray you would give us the strength. You would give us the courage. You would give us the boldness. You would give us whatever we need to see this through. God, that every morning when we wake up, we would make the decision. I, today, I am becoming more like Jesus. Today, I'm giving people a better view. Today, I'm going to be more like the God that I claim to follow. And Lord, I pray right now as we sing this final song, if there's anybody who needs prayer, that you would draw them for prayer. And if, there, if we don't need prayer, God, we, we worship you today. We give you all the praise, all the honor, and all the glory in Jesus' name.